We thank you for the captives being set free, God, even on tonight, God. We thank you, God, for the spirit of truth being in this place on tonight. I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. God, there is no other God like you. So we just honor you. We glorify you on tonight for who you are. God, we thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. God, you are our provider on tonight. We thank you, God, for being Jehovah Nisi. God, you are our banner on tonight. We thank you for being Jehovah Roe. God, you are God who sees. We thank you for being all-knowing, God. We thank you for being present, God. We thank you for being Jehovah Shema, God. You're there, God. We just thank you that you are a healer, God. You are a deliverer, God. And we receive everything, God, that you have for us on tonight. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We praise you, God. And God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit on tonight. Holy Spirit, be our teacher, be our helper. Lead us, guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us tonight. Bring back to our remembrance what the word has spoken unto us on tonight. We honor you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. We honor God, amen. And I honor God for what he's doing in this place. Isn't it a blessing to know that God has already prepared us for what's yet to come? That's such a blessing when we can get confirmation on what we already have. Amen. And when we can get that confirmation, we know that we are on one accord. Hallelujah. We've been talking about um, church um, membership. So I'm going to go over that a little bit more because when I was going through the um, test, I'm seeing some people are not putting down what we have went over. So I want to go over this briefly again because we need to be on one accord. And I feel like some of us may not be on one accord. It's because we don't take the word for what it is. And what I mean is taking the word for what it is. When you receive the word, first of all, we got to know that this is God's word. And we have to spend time in his word in order to develop ourselves in the things of God. If you don't take these scriptures and go over these scriptures and meditate on these scriptures, we end up with head knowledge, not heart, heart knowledge. We try to pull it out of our head. But when you get it in your heart, nobody will be able to fool you because it's rooted and grounded within you. Amen. So we want to make sure that we stay on one accord because if all of us are in Clem together, we should be given the same answer. Amen. When somebody asks anybody, everybody should be given the same answer. So I just give God glory that we on one accord. We on one accord. So let's talk about what church membership is again. We're going to go over this briefly again because we want to make sure that we're all on one accord. Amen. And we see that to be um, a church member means to be a member, first of all, of the body of Christ and belonging to a local church. So a, what is church membership? To be a member of the body of Christ belonging to a local church. So we understand that that's what church membership is. First of all, we belong to the body of Christ and um, we belong to a local church. Now, I gave you scripture on that to verify that 
because we want to back up what we do with scripture because in the word of God, you don't see where membership is mentioned. But if you go through the scriptures, you will see how it is brought out through the word of God. So through what I have said in Ephesians 5, 29 through verse 30, this is what it says. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So the first thing we got to remember is we are members of his body. We belong to who? To Jesus Christ. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14, I read in the expanded Bible. A person's body is one thing, united one, but it has many parts. Though there are many parts to a body, all those parts make only one body. Christ is like that also. Some of us are Jews, some are Greeks, some of us are slaves, and some are free. But we were all baptized into one body through, by, in, one spirit. And we were all made to share in, drink of the one spirit. And then it says, for the human body, body is not made up of one part, but many. So we are members of the body of Christ. Remember, every joint supply. And it is the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into the body of Christ. So we see here that we have determined that um, to be a church member means to be a member of Christ's body, belonging to a local church. Amen. Then the next thing we talked about, what does joining a church mean? Now, we have to understand that we join a lot of stuff, don't we? (laughs) Some things we shouldn't be joining to, participating in, but we do. So when I'm talking about membership, um, I'll give you an example. You know how some people be a member of some type of club. And when they're a member of that club, what they do is they... um, read up on that club, they read up on what they do, how they do it, and then they say, I want to become a part of that. So in order to become a part of that, they have to become a member. And in becoming a member, you share, you participate in what that club or that organization does. Amen? So being that we are the body of Christ and we're members of Christ's body, we're participating, we're coming together, we're joining together um, based on what Jesus Christ have already done. So in order to do that, we have to be part of a local church. Remember I talked about there's a universal church. The universal church is worldwide. All of us, no matter where we go, When we're born again, we um, are a universal church. If we go to China and we visited them, we're a universal church. But they have churches in those areas. So a universal church is made up of each individual in the body of Christ. But a local church is a church that's in a particular area, churches that are in particular areas that have different names. And we talked about why they have different names so they can be identified in that area. Because dealing with the state, you have to, um, you know, be up under the state with that name. So that way the state recognizes you and the federal government by that name. Now, if we just, if every church just had the same name, the local government or the government would not be able to recognize those churches 
um, by that same name. So they had to have different names. So we're Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. Did y'all know NC? Some of y'all didn't know NC was on the end, right? NC is on the end. Why is NC on the end? Because it's other churches that go by Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. So we had to put NC on the end of ours so it wouldn't get um, be a conflict. So we see that a local church is a church that you become a member of that local church and you're joining in. You're participating with what that church is doing. You're sharing with that church. You're coming into unity with that church. It's like you glued to that church. This is where you say that God planted you to be. And we know that whatever God plants, nobody should be able to what? Uproot. So this is my thing. We need to quit telling people, this is where I belong. I know God sent me to this church and this is where I'm going to be until I go home to glory because this is where God told me I'm going to be and then soon as you have a conflict with me or somebody else or things are not going the way you think they should go well God say my time and season is up quit lying on God this is what we need to say I feel God ain't got nothing to do with it my feelings hurt I feel like I don't fit in no more, so I'm just leaving. Bye. We're going to counsel you according to the word of God, but quit putting God in the midst of your mess and quit trying to get people to agree with your mess when it's not lining up with scripture. People get tired because, and we're going to talk about more of that tonight. So we get into the joining part. When you join the church, remember that all of us are joined until the Lord by one spirit, right? So when we said join, it means to, we glue together. It's like um, to cleave, to be a part of what the church is doing. Anybody can come into this church, and I'm, I'm gonna say anybody at first, because you have many people that try to come into a local church that they heard about and they feel like, I wanna be a part of what you're doing. Now, I don't wanna be a member, I just want to be a part of what you're doing. I am born again, but God has not told me at this time to become a member of the church. I just want to join in. I want to participate in what you're doing because I believe the word of God is going forth. And I believe that I can be taught in there until God let me know where I need to be. And I'm not going to move until God tell me. I'll give you an example. And I think that... Um, Sister Linda Bannerman, she shared with you guys how God brought her in here. And she began to join in with us. It was like she was stuck to us like glue because she said God told her to come. He didn't tell her to become a member. He just told her to be part of what we're doing. So as she got into the church services, as she got into the um, Clem school, and as she was being taught the word of God, I believe she was here, Miss Mary, how long? A year? Two years? about a year. So she sat up under the teaching for that long and the Lord spoke to her and told her, this is where I want you to become a member. So she became a member of this local church, but she began to join in. She began to participate with what the body of Christ was doing because she knew that the spirit of the Lord was in the place. So when you look at membership, 
and you look at joining a church, you have to understand there's a slight difference because you have believers that come in here all the time and participate in what we're doing because they're hearing the truth. They're hearing the word. So they want to participate. And some of them begin to be like glue. They begin to say, I'm, I'm just stuck. I'm, I'm, I just need to be here. I, I believe the Lord is sending me here because he want to teach me certain things. So I'm going to come in here and I'm going to join with you. I'm going to participate with you. Now, I'm going to switch it around a little bit. In the world, you have a lot of people joining different things. You have them joining parties, right? They say a party is over here. Hey, a party is over here. I want to go over there because I'm hearing what they're doing. So I want to join that. I want to participate in that. I want to be a part of that. And I'm going to stick with that until it's over. And some of them don't come home to the next morning, right? Because they were participating. That's what they call fellowship. So this is what I'm saying. We have to understand how important membership is in the body of Christ. And some people don't know the importance of membership. They just go in and out of the church and they feel like I can float here, I can float there. And this is why you get tied up with false doctrine, false teaching, false prophets. Because you feel as if I need more, I need more. But if you're not in the word for yourself... And getting the word for yourself, you're not going to understand what's coming forward or coming from the pulpit to help you to know where you need to be or where God want to place you. Amen. So we see about joining. uh, What does it mean to join? And I also gave you Acts 513. And the reason why I gave you that on join. Now, it says here in Acts 513, I'm reading out Amplified. And none of those who were not of their number dare to join. Now listen at this. And none of those who were not of their number dare to join and associate with them, but the people held them in high regard and praised and made much of them. This is saying that even when the word of God went forth, the truth, the gospel concerning the kingdom, some of those people did not join with them, did not participate, did not become a part of what they were doing. So when you go out and you begin to minister the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, you're going to have people that want what you have. But you're going to have people who heard the same word being preached that will not join, that do not want to participate in what you're bringing forth. So don't get discouraged when you're bringing the word and you're seeing 10 people, but yet you're only seeing two that want to be a part of what you're doing. Amen? So don't be discouraged. So let me go over this again to help you to understand. When you become a member of, um, first of all, the body of Christ, you are a member of Christ's body. That's how you identified a member of Christ's body first. And as you identified as a member of Christ's body, God is going to send you to a place for you to be taught. So when you go to that place to be taught, and this is where he wants you to be, then you establish membership at that place every head is counted y'all and the reason why every head is counted because the government and this is how the government come in dealing with the government they want to know how many people you have in your congregation they want to know how many families are paying in the congregation it's a lot of things that the banks want to know it's a lot of things the government want to know it's a lot of things that we have to keep on the computer for the government we we're going to get in that later 
But when you don't understand dealing with membership, when you don't understand how the church runs, this is why we have so much trouble in the body of Christ and people trying to tell the pastor what they need to be doing, but they don't understand membership, they don't understand discipline, they don't understand none of that, but they want to say something about that. So when you become a member of a local church, that's the church that you attend. That's the church that you're saying that God is saying you're going to be a part of. Now, don't get me wrong. This is how it should be for all churches. Just because churches have different names, we serve the same God. We should be teaching and preaching the same thing. This is why we have mix-up in churches because men make the word of God a none effect by their traditions. They're setting it up by the way they think it needs to be set up, not according to the pattern of God. And this is why I'm teaching on the pattern of the church, the way God wants the church to be, how the church needs to be set up. It's not man-made. It comes from heaven. God is bringing heaven here on earth. And if you don't know what's going on in heaven, you sure can't bring it here on earth. So God had to use men who were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write this Bible to show us how to put things in place here on earth until it's time for us to be raptured up for seven years, y'all, and we don't have to be in the tribulation, but guess what? We're going to come back to a new heaven and a new earth, and it's going to be awesome, amen? But until that time, he's showing us how to live here on earth like it is in heaven. And if you don't know how to do that, it's because you choose not to know because some people are know-it-alls and feel like, I don't need nobody to teach me. I have the anointing from the Holy Ghost. But we're going to get into that too because some people feel like, I don't need to have a church home. Mm, Let's see. So we understand membership. And let me give you some scriptures dealing with the church that was in Jerusalem and how they started out. In Acts 2.41, y'all know first of all that in Acts 1, Jesus spent time with those apostles. And he began to talk about the kingdom for, what, 40 days before he went to be with the Father. After he left to be with the Father, we know that he told them that they could not be effectual witnesses until they were endued with power on high. Because they watched everything Jesus did. They were learners of Christ. And and this is where the church is getting out out of order and out of place. People don't want to be taught no more. People want to be hollered at. People want to be entertained. That's what they think that the church is about. But Jesus taught those disciples. They were followers. They were learners of Jesus Christ. And if you go to school... You can be a clown in the class. That clown in the class don't graduate. The ones that's paying attention to the teacher and learning from the teacher, they begin to get promoted. And um, with us, we go from glory to glory to glory. We learn line upon line and precept upon precept. And this is what it takes. You go from, from glory to glory. It's like levels that you're going up. Some of us want to jump up on meat and don't even know how to drink milk. 
because we see everybody else doing something in the body of Christ. So we think that's what I need to be doing. Well, I see you have teachers in here. I'm a teacher. Why I'm not teaching? Because God didn't tell me to tell you to teach. So see, God knows who is laboring amongst us. God know what each and every individual can do in the body of Christ. But we got to have structure in the body of Christ in order to carry out the plan and purpose of God here on this earth. So when Jesus was learning those disciples, they were following his example. You got to have an example to follow. You got to have a teacher. You got to have the fivefold in the body of Christ. Because that's his order. That's his way of setting up things. People say, no, the apostles went away. Y'all know we went over all that. It's no more of this that you have to do no more. All of that is over and done with. Well, in the book of Ephesians, he said that he left what? Some apostles. So we know it's some apostles, some teachers, some prophets, some evangelists. What else? Pastors. All of that, he left them for the body of Christ. Why? Because you need to be taught. We need to all come into the unity of the faith. Some people don't want to come into unity. Some people want to run the place. If I can't be head hacho, I don't want to do nothing. So Jesus had to teach them. But one thing he told them, and all the teaching that he gave them, before he went to be with the Father, he said, you got to be endued with power. So in order for us even to be a member of the body of Christ, we have to be effectual witnesses to what Christ has already done. And if we are an effectual witness of his death, burial, and resurrection, there should be signs and wonders following those who believe. But you got to be taught these things. Jesus taught them. He showed them demonstrations on the um, gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. He showed them how to be long suffering, suffering. He showed them love. He showed them peace. He showed them joy. He showed them faithfulness. All of this have to be taught. Now, it's one thing that Apostle Joyce said, and I want to clarify this. She said, you cannot train people dealing with the fruit. You may not can train them, but you can teach them about the fruit. Because if you don't teach them about the fruit, they're not going to know what they have. So when situations come up in your life, you got to say, I know I got some joy somewhere up in here. So, Lord, I need some joy to strengthen me on today. You got to pull out of you what you already have. How are you going to know if nobody teach you? See, this is where the church mess up. Everybody think they know everything because they can read the word for themselves from the front to the back, from the back to the front. But we cannot get out of the way of the Lord, the order of God. We have to do it the way he want us to do it, not the way we think it need to be done. So they followed Jesus' instructions. They did what he told them to do. In Acts 1, all of them was on one accord. They were in fellowship together. They were p- participating. They were sh- sharing the very same word. All of them had the same word. They had to come into agreement with what Jesus said before he left when he went to be with the father. So when they came together, y'all know they were endued with power from on high. They began to speak in other tongues in Acts chapter 2. And y'all know they were speaking languages that only the um, other people that knew those languages 
um, could understand. That's what we call um, diverse tongues. They were speaking in all types of tongues, and and those tongues, um, they knew what was being said through what was being spoke. Then Peter, with boldness, now here's the effectual witness. See, this is why you have to have power from on high. You have the Holy Spirit, and he indwells you. But you still got to have power that come upon you to do the work that God has set you apart to do. So Peter, he had some boldness to come upon him. Y'all know old Peter, the one that was hiding when they was crucifying Christ. He was the one that said, I'll die for you. And Jesus said, the the, uh, crock is going to, what is it? Three times. And you're going to deny me three times, Peter? And that's what he did. But Peter stood up in the midst of those people and he began to preach. He began to proclaim the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. Now, why did I say all that to say this? Once he got finished doing all of that, this is when their hearts were pricked. This when they said, what shall we do, brethren? Somebody should ask us. Once we get through ministering the word of God, It should touch them in such a way through the Holy Spirit. It should be so much conviction there through the Holy Spirit that a person should say, what must I do to be saved? So they asked Peter and Peter began to tell them, and this is where I'm going. He said in 241, I'm going to go to Acts 241. Y'all, I had to start all over again. We want to make sure we together, right? We want to make sure we believe in the same thing. In Acts um, 38, 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the first thing Peter told them to do, you got to repent. That means have a change of mind. Turn from your sins. Turn unto God. And be baptized, every one of you. And I want y'all to notice how all of this is happening. And then it said, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. Now, 41, then they that gladly received his word. Understand, there were some that did not receive his word, that did not receive the word that he was bringing. It said, were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Y'all look at that. God set that up so well. Because God told him to go to the upper room. He told him to go to Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. God knew that the loss was there. He knew that they needed the word that Peter was going to bring out of his mouth. But if Peter was not taught, if he was not a follower of Jesus Christ, Peter would only be bringing what Peter wanted to bring, not what he was taught. So Peter brought the word of truth. Sanctify me in truth. Thy word is true, God. So when he did that, it was 3,000 souls. So we're learning here that someone have to preach. Amen. Someone have to proclaim Peter did the preaching, not that the other ones could not do it, but Peter did it. So we have to understand that God has an order. He has a way of doing things and we got to follow that order. Did you notice anywhere in here that out of the 120, 
another person said, wait a minute, Peter, why you got to preach? I got to fire God on me. I just got to do with power. Why you got to be the one to present Christ? Why can't I present Christ? Is that not happening in the body of Christ? Some people may not be saying nothing openly with their mouth, but inside their heart, they're saying, why can't I preach? But this is not how they did it. They did it the way the Lord would have it to be done. So we have learned that all of them, they come together, y'all. They started out with 120. And when they started with this 120 and Peter began to preach this good news concerning the kingdom, concerning Jesus Christ, 3,000 souls were added to the 120. How many souls was that? They were added. So guess how this happened? Through preaching the gospel. So after he'd done that, they had to be baptized. Understand this first. You're repenting, you're having a change of heart, change of mind because you heard the truth, the good news. Then you're baptized. Now we know we're baptized in the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit, right? He baptizes us. But there is a water baptism that must take place. So in order to be a member in the body of Christ, you must be born again, number one. Understand that. You must be born again, number one. Number two, you must be baptized. Now, I want to say this. Some people say that if you're not baptized and you don't go under that water, you can't go to heaven. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because let's just say that someone just came to Jesus and they didn't have time to go into the water, but they were baptized by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus come. Do you think they're going to be left behind because they didn't get baptized underwater? Come on, y'all. Do you know what that baptism represent? It represent his death, burial, and resurrection. That means you identifying with what Jesus done for you. So when you go up under that water, you know all your sins are being buried with Jesus. Amen. When you rise up, that's the resurrection of a new life. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. You just identifying with what Jesus done on your behalf. Amen. So that's why we have the baptism under the water. So he's saying, this is what you got to do. Everybody have to be born again, baptized. And then we see that they will fill with what? The fire, the burning fire. All of them had to be on one accord. Why? Because Jesus wanted them to have the same mind and be doing the same thing. Let's back up through the word of God. When they followed Jesus, everybody got the same thing. Did they not? Everybody got an opportunity to cast out demons. Everybody got an opportunity to heal the sick. Everybody got the same opportunity. Even Judas Iscariot. But Judas was out for himself. He saw all the money coming in. So Judas said, forget this. Just give me the money. I don't need to cast out no demon. I don't need to do nothing. Just give me the money back. So guess what? Jesus already knew about Judas. He chose Judas. We choose a lot of people in the body of Christ and they end up serving the devil instead of the Lord. So we can't look at people based on what we think they're going to do. We have to hear the spirit when the spirit say, put that one right there. There's a reason for everything, but he still had a choice. So we see that those are the two things about being a member in the body of Christ. Some churches allow 
people to be a part of the body of Christ and they're not saved. That's unscriptural. That's why you have division in the house. You cannot be unequally yoked. People fill up churches and have numbers because they accept people outside of the way God want them to come into the body. You cannot do that. Just because they say, I know Jesus, don't mean that they have accepted what Jesus have done. It's a lot of people that say, I know him. And Jesus told them what? I know you not. They say, Lord, Lord, but they don't know him. Because when you truly know him as Lord, you're going to come out from where you are. Nobody ain't going to have to tell you. When you truly turn over your heart to God, you are crying out to him. And the things you used to do, you ain't going to want to do them no more. They don't fit you no more. It's like, y'all know women how when you grow out of your clothes and you got an outfit and you love that outfit and you just try to put that thing on and take that stomach and try to scrunch it up in there and you zip your stomach up in there in the zipper and you can't breathe somebody talking to you. What's How you doing? Your voice changed because you're trying to keep on them tight clothes. Right? Because that ain't what you want to give up. <laughs> Lose some things and let them go. <laughs> so we, we see that in the body of Christ, we're supposed to be on one accord. So when they followed Jesus, they believed in what Jesus was doing. They were on one accord with him. And Jesus always checked them when they were not. And people don't like discipline in, in the church. So to be a member, we're learning. You have to be born again. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, baptized under the water. Um, baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the reason why, because we want to be effectual witnesses. Because all of us want to be taught what? The same thing. Now understand this, y'all. Those people did not become a part of them until these things were done. Let me ask y'all a question. Think about this. If Jennifer is going out and she's ministering the gospel to someone and she's telling them what Jesus have done in her life, that's how she started her conversation. She just started opening her mouth and just glorifying Jesus, what he done for her. And the person say, what can I do to get what you have? And then she began to tell them the plan of salvation. Now, the next thing is, is the baptism, the water baptism. Let's say they're over Jennifer's house. And Jennifer said, well, you have to be baptized. They said, well, what's stopping me from being baptized now? Well, my apostle ain't here. And you can take them up under the water. Y'all didn't know that? Where in the Bible did anybody find it yet that it said that people that are licensed have to dump, do I have to come to your house and give you a bath? I want somebody to show me right now. I'm going to pause for just a second. Show me in the Bible where it says that it have to be a, you all ministers. Amen? You are all ministers. So show me in the Bible where it says you got to be licensed to take your tub, fill it up with water, and say, let me dunk you up under here 
and bring you up because that's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've done it, and they say they want to be a part of the body of Christ, and they're saying, I have been baptized, but I would like to join in with you if you have a baptismal service. I would love to be a part of that. But hold it, y'all. These people were baptized once they got saved. So what's stopping you if somebody's at your house from baptizing them? I want somebody to find it for me, and I'm not teaching no false doctrine. No. Now, I ain't telling you to go out there and baptize every devil it is. I'm just telling you, if you have an opportunity, then why would you let that opportunity pass? And thank you, Holy Spirit. I give you another example. When people ask me to minister at their church, they never ask for a license, for me to present a license. Never. See, you're known by who you are in Christ and by what you teach. If we're going to do that, I need to have people at the door and say, I want you to card everybody that come up in here. And I want them to have a baptism card. And I want to make sure they baptize and I want to make sure they have this and they have that. This is why people have to be taught, y'all, so they will know the requirements of being a member of a local church. This is the requirement because all of us need to be on one accord. This is why you have to be taught. Another thing is we talked about that you have a role. Y'all know sometimes churches show their role on the side of the wall, how much money we took in or all this, that, and the other, right? So you do have something where you keep account of the members. And the reason being, too, if something go on with the member, that's in the body of Christ. You have a way of getting up with that member. You have, a, um, you know, ways of showing concern through who's part of um, that membership. Another thing that we went over is dealing with, I want to make sure I cover it all. What are the responsibilities of being a church member? What are the responsibilities? Y'all going to like this one. Submission to church leadership. Some people say, why I got to submit to anybody? That's your problem. First thing is, you have to submit to God first. If you can submit to him, you can submit to whomever God put you under. You can submit to authority. Why do we have Christian folks not submitting to authority? Because Christian folks thinks that, think that they don't supposed to submit to nobody. The only one I submit to is God. I don't have to submit to you. Well, you ain't submitting to God because he have order. He have order. Let me ask y'all a question. Why is it so hard to submit to a pastor or people that are in leadership, but you go on these jobs and you submit to crooked folk? You know why? Because you getting paid. Let's just be honest. I don't care how hateful that boss is. I don't care if they curse you out 24-7. You're going to cry about it. You're going to snot about it. But you're going to bow your head. No, some of you don't, though. Which you do, supposed to. Because that's who you are in Christ. That's when them fruit come out. When they're cursing you out, that's when love show up. When they're putting you through something you don't want to go through. Long-suffering. See, that's why you need to be taught. Some of us think, you ain't got no right to speak to me like that. No, you're supposed to show the love of God to let them know that you are the light of the world and you're the salt of what? 
Y'all already know this. That's what we supposed to do. We don't supposed to be um, barking like a dog. Or be like a python trying to squeeze the life out of them. And when they tell you, no, you can't. Why can't I do that? Because they said you couldn't do that. Well, why I have to do it and Kim don't have to do it? Because I asked you to do it. Oh, you know what? Come in my office. I'll fix that. I'm writing you up. You're writing me up. Save the ink. I quit. And I thought you was a, I'm still saved, sanctified, and filled with the burning fire. Please don't tell them you go to Miracle Temple. Come on. This, this is why, this is why you need to submit. When you submit to God, you ain't going to have no problem submitting. To authority. But we say, don't tell nobody you submitting to God and you can't submit to authority on your job. Well, they do me wrong and I ain't taking that. Hmm. The word says, Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. This is what my Bible say. And I'm reading out the King James. Now, if anybody in here got another version, <laughs> maybe it's from Buddha, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you what the King James says. (laughs) Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Oops. For they watch for your souls as they may do it with joy. Some shepherds can't do it with joy because we have some rebellious sheep. (laughs) And not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. So whoever have rule over you, you're supposed to obey them. You're supposed to submit yourself to them, to the shepherd, because they watch for your souls. That's what the words say, y'all. I'm just telling what the words say. So when you become a member of a local church and you're put up under that shepherd of that house, the one that God put in charge, go back with Moses. God made Moses the head and not the tail. He made him above and not beneath, didn't he? So when he called Moses, he qualified Moses for the call. God is going to qualify you. He's going to appoint you. He's going to qualify you. He's going to anoint you to do what he's called you to do. Once he do that, he know the people that need to be up under the anointing that he put under your life, over your life. And those people supposed to submit to the one that God has chosen for that house. And if you can't submit to me or leadership that God has, you ain't submitting to God. So to be in a local church, to be a member, you have to be submissive. First Peter 5. And also the elders, the pastors, the bishops, the fivefold, they have a job to do too. First Peter 5, 1 through 5. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partake of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you. You're supposed to be fed. You're supposed to be fed real good. Amen. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, 
willingly, not for filthy lucre money, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fade not away. And I like this. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Did y'all know we're subject one to another? That means me, as the one that God has put over you, I have to be subject to you just like you're subject to me. Amen? And be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. Who want to be up under a proud person? That is all about me. I, I, I. No, we don't want that. So God wants us to be submissive in the body of Christ. To be a member, we need to be submissive. We need to learn to submit to the leadership that God has us under. The next thing is accountability. This is why we have membership in a church also. It's accountability. All of us have to be accountable to something or someone, don't we? On your job, don't you have to be accountable? In your home, do we not have to be accountable? I'm accountable to that man right there. He's my husband. So when I made up my mind to marry this man, then I have to say I'm going to submit to this man. See, this is where marriages fail. People look more at the bedroom than they look at anything else. That dies old. Because sometimes you just roll over and go to sleep. Let's just be honest. You're just tired. So you have to learn first when you can submit to God, you will be able to submit to a husband. That husband will be able to submit to that wife. Why? Because of the love of God that's in that marriage. It ain't, I'm priest up in here. You're going to do what I say and don't call your daddy. I'm your daddy. Call me daddy. That's what you married. That's what you married and it's coming out now. But when you submit to God and you stay in the word of God and you know God as a loving father, you have a relationship with God and you fellowship with God on a daily basis, you ain't going to accept any old thing. You ain't going to let any, anybody come up to you any kind of way. And disrespect the God that's in you. You got to respect him. And if you can't respect the God that's in me, you can't have me. Because daddy said no. So when we know what the words say, y'all, we just don't go after everything that smell good, look good, and think that they got a job. And they don't. You don't do that. Because they whisper sweet nothings in your ear. Then when you get married, now you're telling them, I don't submit to nobody but God. If you submitted to God, you wouldn't be married. Because he said it's not time. Let's quit blaming God. See, we thank God that he don't just strike us dead. Because we lie on him so much. And every little thing, we always say, well, you know, God didn't want me to do it. That's why I didn't do it. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Leave God out of your mess. We always blaming God for something. So we see here accountability. This is how accountability works. When we, we're members of the body of Christ, we're members of, of one another because every joint supply, right? So when we come together and we're here together now, do you know we're accountable one to another? What that means is what I do should affect you. Didn't know that? If I'm messing up, it's going to affect you. 
So I have to be accountable. And you as the body of Christ should show me accountability. That's the discipline in the church. When you see somebody out of order, this is why we come together to help one another. We should help them get back in order according to the word. Look what they did here. It says in Acts 2.42, they spent, devoted their time learning the apostles' teaching, sharing, fellowshipping, breaking bread, and praying together. They were showing accountability. They spent, devoted their time learning. That's the first thing that they did, y'all, when they got saved. When they got baptized, when they got endued with that power, guess what they were doing? They spent their time learning. This is what we should do, spend our time learning so we can be accountable for our actions, for what we should be doing. And 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it tells where we were and what we did. But that's not who we are now. So go back and read that. That's showing accountability. So if you see any of these things in the body of Christ, we should hold people accountable. We should remind them who they are now that they're in Christ. It's okay to bring correction, y'all. You have permission to do that. You don't have to throw that on me. If you see little old Julia back there doing something she don't supposed to be doing, that's your sister in Christ. You should pull her aside and you should tell her what heaven is saying to her today. What Father God has to say to her today. You shouldn't let her continue in what she's doing and you're saying, you know, I love you, Julia. No, love don't do that. Love chastise. Love let your sister know that's not our way. With the kingdom. This is not how God has taught us to be kingdom citizens. This is not what the kingdom does. We're about light. We're not about darkness. So we're helpers one to another. So accountability with being a member. Another thing is the fellowship, y'all. Isn't it good to fellowship? A fellowship is a sharing, a intimacy, a participation, a coming together. So what are we doing now? We're sharing. We're coming together. It's a participation. So let's say outside of the church, when we go out and let's say I meet Jennifer um, Simpson and I say, hey, Jennifer, let's go out and get a, a burger or something. So me and Jennifer go out. What are we doing? We're fellowshipping. We're coming together. We don't have to actually do it in the church. But when we come together in the church in fellowship, we're sharing the same father. We're sharing the same food, the spiritual food. We're being accountable one to another. And this is why the Bible says, let's read Hebrews 10.25 out of the expanded version. You should not stay away from neglect, forsake the church meetings, meeting together, as some are doing. Some were abandoning Christianity and returning to Judaism. But you should encourage each other. That's what we do when we fellowship. We're encouraging one another to stay faithful to Christ, to other believers. And even more so, as you see the day coming, the day of the Lord when Christ will return, neglect, forsake the church meetings, meeting together, some are doing. Okay, let me go back. But you should encourage each other. So this is what we do. We encourage one another when we come together. That way we can stay in what? The unity of the faith. People are forsaking the assembly of coming together. Because you know what they're saying? I can stay home. 
I can watch on television what I need to know. I don't have to sit out there every Sunday. I don't have to come to church every Sunday. Well, why you go to work every day of the week? Do you have to work? Somebody help me with this. I know I'm not dumb, but maybe somebody can help me with this. Why is it that out of a whole week, we'll come together on Tuesdays and Sundays, and some people come together on Wednesdays and Sundays. Wow, y'all. Some people come together all week when it comes to fellowshipping. But two days out of a week, people complain. I got something to do. Go tell your boss you got something to do. Tell him. See what he tell you. Do what you got to do. And I'm going to do what I got to do. Don't show up. Because you fired. So I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm just going to pause for a minute. I want somebody to tell me. Why are people forsaking the assembling together in the house of the Lord? But don't forsake everything else you want to do. Anybody? Hello? Okay. Okay. Tyson is basically saying they, they want to put, um, don't want to put what they're doing down because they don't want to put Christ first. Miss Mary? That's where their heart is. Anybody else? Manny? Not true disciples. Because when you're a true disciple of Jesus Christ, I don't know about y'all, but if I, when the storm was happening, oh, it just broke my heart to not have fellowship with you guys. Because we're like a family. And the times that we meet, it was so much a part of me. I'm like, dag. You know, we're not coming together. But some people are saying, thank you, Lord, I got a break. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. Thank you. When I said we don't have Clem school, hallelujah. I know you. You're my sheep. Hallelujah. I can get a break. I can get something done. But when it comes to your money, you will make it sniffling. You will make it with the flu because you ain't got no sick time. Hallelujah. You do. If you're tired, you're dragging to work, half sleep, half drunk to get your time in to get paid. Help me, somebody. Y'all don't want to give me no witness here. But when it comes to the church, we put excuse after excuse and know what we say. He understand. But when we want to do something, some of us can have double vision and still trying to work. Hello? But when it comes to coming together, being a part, joining, participating in the things of God, we come, actually, some of you are here, but you're not here. <laughs> you're just here to say, I was there. But it have no meaning to you. Because some of you are ready to say, now, Apostle, we were at 8 o'clock, and we were getting out at 9. Now we at seven and it's already eight. What's up, Apostle? I don't know about you, but when the word is good, I'm going to say it like this. Teach! 
because I know what I need. You need everything that you're getting because you got people that's getting mixed up stuff to think that they can do any and everything in the house of God and don't get checked on it. And when you know what the word is saying, you can help them to come into alignment with the truth, y'all. That's why we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. So we see that we have to have that fellowship because when you come into the fellowship, you get encouraged. Amen. You get some encouragement. We begin to worship the same God. We have the same thing in common. We're joining together. We're participating. And it's such a wonderful thing, y'all. And you never know what you have until you miss it. I guarantee you, if somebody missed four Sundays in a row, they get lazy and they feel like they don't need to be here no more. Then when they show up in here, they don't feel like they're apart no more because they have missed what God is doing amongst us. So when they come in, they say, talking about me no you feel guilty because you chose not to show up so then you don't want nobody to talk about membership and the requirements of it the next thing is discipline and correction so as a member we went over this in first corinthians 5 13 y'all remember it was someone in the church that was sleeping with their own mother (laughs) and they wasn't correcting that they was letting it go on. They were boasting on it. Because when you don't correct stuff in the church, it's like you boasting on it and you agreeing with it. So to be a member of the body of Christ, we should be able to correct. We should be able to discipline one another. It shouldn't all be on me. When you see a brother or sister in wrong, you should be able to speak truth in love. You should be able to bring correction. So these are some of the things um, that being a part, being a member of a church, um, entails. These are some of the things that people need to know that happens in the body of Christ. So that way they'll know what goes on up in here. So when they come up in here and they say, I want to be a member of Miracle Temple. And then soon as people start correcting you, as soon as people start telling you, you know, don't forsake yourself from assembling with us on Sunday. I didn't see you last Sunday. Are you Okay. Then that person go to Jennifer Simpson and say, I dare them check me. I just wasn't there. Because they don't know what the word says. You only doing what the word says, y'all. So we got a lot more ground to cover. Because we want to talk about, too, as a member, y'all, we have benefits in the kingdom. And as a member, you got to have a place for the dead body to go. You got to have a place when you get married. You got to have a preacher. So y'all got to understand. People don't understand how important it is for membership. So we're going to keep it going um, next week and see what else the Lord have to say on this, y'all, because this is a big subject. And that way all of us can be on the same accord. So if anybody asks you something, you will know how to answer according to the word, not according to Apostle Amanda, but according to what the word has spoken unto you. You may not bring it like I bring it, but you're going to bring the same word because it's coming out of the word of God. Amen. So let's go back over these scriptures again. Let's get them in our heart so we can say the same thing. Amen. Did you notice the disciples were saying the same thing Jesus was saying? There was no change in it. They said they bought it the way Jesus bought it. They didn't add to it. They didn't take away from it. And that's what we should not do. Amen. 
Do we have um, any announcements at this time? Kwana?